What's up? What's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm responding tonight with Braden. How's it going, sir? Uh, eventful week. Um, a little bit of bloodbath and picks. A little bit of bloodbath actually on the pitch for my team. Uh, not great, but Our you know teams. We, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But we've got Thanksgiving. The turkey's sitting in the brine. Always brine your turkeys. It needs about two to three days um, to do it properly. I, this is a pet peeve of mine because every year I hear people talk about how they don't like turkey. It's not very good. And the, the thing is, like, you're just telling on yourself. Like, the, the fact is you don't actually know how to cook a turkey. And it starts with a proper brine. Um, so make sure you're doing that. Um, if you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, well, you know for next year. Or you can pat yourself on the back and say, I know to brine my turkey because you did that. So, all right, we're, we're already <laughs> off track here. <laughs> yeah, going with the Thanksgiving Academy and uh, tutorial podcast for, uh, coming live to you. But for now, we are going to stick to football. We are going to talk about football. For those of you wondering, Will is not feeling well. Hopefully it is not. It should not be COVID because he. I think he had COVID at one point. So I don't know if it's still like I. I, I have not followed up with a like COVID. How many days in between can you spend without getting COVID again? So, um, having said that, he sent his picks in. So his picks are gonna be there. Our picks are gonna be there. But before we go into this upcoming week, Braden, do you want to tell us how we did the previous week? Yeah. So I would rather not. Um, but here we are. Uh, in, well, let me back up. Uh, if it's your first time listening, what we do every week, um, a hundred pod bucks on each games pod bucks is the virtual dollars, um, pod coin at some point. Um, uh, if, if we go, uh, maybe, maybe a, a crypto blockchain project for the future, but, um, currently it's pod bucks. We put a hundred pod bucks on each game. Uh, and we tally up the results and see how we did this week. And the, t- the tally up is really not good for me this week. Uh, the only one I got right was City uh, versus Everton, which at minus 575 is never going to be a good look for you. So on that lay of 1,000, I returned uh, 117 pod dollars and 34 pod cents. Will, a good bit better, got four of the 10 right to return 915 pod dollars and 21 pod cents. Sapoon had a nice week. Six out of ten correct, returning fourteen thirty-six pod dollars and thirty-seven pod cents. Um the one that took you over the top and made you profitable might be a little painful, but it, here we are. Like existence is pain sometimes in football. Yeah, I mean we get I, I do want to say one quick thing about that. Um it, it was quite it was quite a sad game to watch. Um having especially having watched it with like together um at a cabin but you know um this we have we stopped doing reviews but i just i will just go ahead and say there was a time where i was very cocky about only gonna solve united this season um i wish that had continued it did not and um yeah i i could not watch his uh full exit interview i think there is no doubt that um you know he is a full united through and through kind of guy but Things don't work out. And yeah, like managerial improvements improve your team, right? Like you see Claudio Ranieri come to Watford in a team that looked like shit. Like for what it's worth, looked somewhat 
like they knew what the fuck they were doing kind of situation, which also is funny because like Claudio Ranieri would have been a great fucking intro manager for us. So um, I, I think United, we will see the season is still long season is still there, but um, sad to see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer go. But thank you Watford for an absolute thrashing of Manchester United and giving me the money because yeah, like as I said before, there weren't going to be any changes. And um, there weren't any that really helped Man United out. Brayden, any games that stood out to you outside of maybe Liverpool's second half performance? Yeah, I mean, so the things that I kind of had on my list to talk about were obviously um, Arsenal and uh, Liverpool as well as um, Man Man United and Watford were kind of the two headline games this week. Um, Maybe I'll table... um, the Liverpool Arsenal talk for just a second to, to touch on a couple other things real quick. Uh, one was an, a lot of the picks that I was very confident in last week just did not work out. One of those was like North versus Southampton. Like I, I think that's a little bit of a worrying sign for Southampton uh, going it going forward. Like uh, Southampton, I talked about was a team that very much surprised me. I expected them to be on the bottom and they were doing much better. And then you have them losing to Norwich, and I think that's a little bit of an area of a concern for them, especially as they started getting a little bit healthier and, and started getting some players back. Uh, I That would be a worrying sign for me there. Um, West Ham and Wolves is an interesting one as well because I think that um, I expected West Ham to, to pretty much dominate that game, but you've got a Wolves team that continues to play very compact, and Jimenez is able to make differences um, really strong there. Um, I really expected better from, I, I don't know why I expected better from Leeds, but I expected better from Leeds, uh, and that did not pan out. Um, but I, I guess, um, I guess I have to talk about Arsenal, uh, Liverpool now. Um, did you have any comments on any of that before we go into that a little bit? Cause I do think the Arsenal Liverpool match is an interesting one to talk about. Sure. I mean, the one thing I do want to say is like we uh, I was very confident that Spurs were going to win. Not quite the style in which they ended up winning it. Um, I think there are warning signs there. But you know what? Like Antonio Conte comes in like they needed the win. Like we will see if they can kick on and whatnot. And like if the problem is still going to be the players, which you know what? Like nobody made that fucking excuse when Nuno was the manager. So um, having said that, um, the West Ham game like was the most surprising one for me. I think I kept saying it even in the preview that they had time after the big win at uh, Liverpool and like everybody went away like stars can regroup after like they've gone to international break and come back and kind of be rejuvenated. But uh, it didn't happen. And that was kind of surprising. But Wolves also a team, as we have talked about multiple times, have just been not clinical enough. and. This was one of those cases where, I mean, stats tell me that they were the better team, like, you know, a 1.32 XG compared to 0.44. So, like, West Ham got to do more if they want to be in the top four race this year. Yeah, I I agree with that. Just very, very surprising um, from West Ham for me. But, um, you know, that's kind of its own thing. Um, Moving on to Liverpool Arsenal, like, I... I have a lot of opinions on this game. Like, I think it was a pretty interesting game to 
take in from an Arsenal fan's perspective. Like it, if you think about Arsenal the last like probably three to five years, I, I don't want to lump too many years um, in with that because just you start losing things that are actually um, have any meaning to today, but they're, they're just kind of narrative. Um, but if you think about the last like few years, uh, like Arsenal have just really gotten thumped in some of these big games, whether it's city, um <laughs> ironically they've had some success against chelsea recently but specifically city and liverpool like arsenal just had absolutely no success at all against and in a lot of the games like conceded within the first five minutes and from that point on just never seemed like they were in the game and this match felt a little bit different to me like it, it felt a little um like arsenal were a bit more competitive and maybe it maybe that was liverpool not being like awake or, or or ready for the game kind of as you might expect but like i felt arsenal was very competitive competitive through the first part of the game even if they weren't like getting on top of it and then like liverpool like s- slowly started growing to the game uh from about like the 30 uh 30-ish minute or so and i think what you really saw was that um arsenal are just not an experienced team like and so when it came time for Liverpool to make adjustments, um, they did so, and Arsenal didn't have a plan to to get out of that. And so, um, I I think it's something that a lot of these young players and you know a manager who is still like learning how to be a manager, like you can say what you want, he's been there long enough, he's been there a while, like sure, but you get exposed <laughs> sometimes in games like these, and um, I think all of them will take something and learn from it. Um, and I just came away really very impressed, uh, with Liverpool from this game. Um, it's one of those, um, Liverpool is always an interesting team to face because they show you exactly what your weakness is. And so Liverpool set up basically to say Thomas party is not going to beat us today. Like you're going to have to make the 20 year old, um, midfielder that you brought in from Anderlecht. Like that's the guy that's going to have to beat us today. And, in the first half, he looked okay. Um, not great, but okay. And then the second half just like completely fell apart in the first five minutes of the second half. And at that point, like the game was over. And um, I think that shows kind of a lot of what Arsenal have to do to improve. Um, but I, I do think there's some good things to take from this game. Um, Arsenal were... Like I said, I, in the first half specifically, I felt they were a bit more competitive. And one of the things I liked seeing this one is that they didn't just like sit there and accept that they were going to get beat. Like they, they did try to keep playing out and didn't just like go into a shell and and hope that they only lose 2-0. Like when it was 2-0, like Arsenal did try to go and make it 2-1 and ended up losing 4-0 for that. But in my opinion, I would rather my team uh, do that and try to claw away back into the game rather than just uh, do damage limitation. But that's my personal opinion. I know some, I know many people will have different opinions of that and say like, you know, when you're down like that against Liverpool at Anfield, you probably should just bunker in and, you know, go for goal difference and pride and that sort of thing. But that's not personally what I would like to see. And I was, encouraged that the team went for it a little bit even if it did not work out this day yeah i think a lot of encouraging signs for um arsenal in that regard and 
I mean, as you said, ultimately, it's a manager learning on the job, a lot of, you know, things to take into account. And primary in that is, uh, in my opinion, like there is a class between Arsenal and Liverpool right now. Like, I think if you deny that, you are kind of fit to go on Arsenal fan TV. But like, if you don't deny that, like, yeah, you can come here and talk to us. Because I, I think it, it's good to live in reality and it is okay. Like, there are games. Like, people forget fucking Klopp got slapped by uh, Pep 5-0, you know? And like, second half of the season, once they improved, you saw the turnaround happen. So like, I think this, as you said, Arsenal played really well, had a, had a system in mind, had an identity in mind, and ultimately just could not execute on the day. So... Better like next time at Emirates. And um, yeah, let's let's get started with this week because we have talked about this team. It was a tough game against uh, Liverpool. Do you think they're bouncing right back against Newcastle? First game of the weekend. Arsenal minus 205. Newcastle at plus 500. Draw at plus 380. Over-unders at three. Um, I believe we'll put down a bet on Arsenal in this game. Braden, are you going to follow him as well? Yeah, I I think I am. Like, I think this is a really good bounce back spot for Arsenal. I know that, like, if you follow Arsenal Twitter, which you know, obviously, you're probably only an Arsenal fan if you do. Uh, but if you follow it, like, I feel like a lot of people have said that this is going to be a tough game for Arsenal or, or tricky, and I don't really see what they're getting at. Uh, like, I, I think this is a, a match. Uh, Newcastle at Emirates. I think you should expect Arsenal to win really nine times out of 10 like there will always be the outlier but I, I think you should expect Arsenal to win this match most times and I do think that coming off of the feet like they had I do think there's things that um, you know the team can kind of rally around a little bit I think that they can kind of like set that aside and say what we did before that was really good let's continue that and I think they will look to do that against a Newcastle team that you know, for a team in Arsenal that have some attacking problems, uh, it's probably good to play Newcastle, a team that haven't really shown that they can defend anyone. So I'm going to go with Arsenal as well. I think it's a decent bounce back spot for them. And hopefully they can put this, uh, uh, they can get the Liverpool loss hangover out of the way before um, another big one midweek. Yeah, I have to kind of agree with that as well. I think uh, it is very kind of clear to me um as far as this game uh as arsenal go like they are just a better team so i'm not going to try to give you a path of newcastle's uh to success in this game i just think arsenal better easy money at home take it to the bank and move on um moving on to the next game crystal palace at home against aston villa draw at plus 240 aston villa at plus 245 crystal Crystal Palace AR at one one five plus one one five over under the two and a half. Braden, how are you feeling about this game, sir? This one's a little trickier for me. I, I was very negative. Well, I shouldn't say very negative. I just didn't wasn't sure what to think of Palace going into the last match and how much new manager uh, Steven Jared was really going to affect them. And I still don't know exactly what to think of it. Like I do think that Palace uh, right now are playing as a better team than. As in Villa are, but you look at how Villa played last week. I think there are positive signs there for for that team. Maybe two plus two forty five is a little disrespectful for them, but 
Uh, Palace at home as a plus favorite. Uh, those are a lot of things that I like. Um, so I'm going to go with Palace. But I do think that Villa will make this interesting. And I wouldn't fault anyone who went that way. Yeah. I mean, um, if you're a Liverpool fan and you love Steven Gerrard and you love Danny Ings, it only makes sense to go with... Um, Villa, but I am not one, and I'm gonna go with Villa anyway because I think they are playing. They played really well, and I think they just have enough quality. At the end of the day, I think um, I don't know Gerard feels like he's gonna be a de- decent manager. I cannot tell which if he really did pick one, so I'm gonna go with the draw for this one. He has two draws. He did not name the names, so I am gonna go. Will you get a draw in this situation? So, do you think this game has a lot of goals written all over it? Like Palace Villa? Yeah. I can see it. I I so I think a lot depends on how much you take away from Villa against Brighton the week before. And if you attribute that to Aston Villa were very good and beat a good Brighton team, then I think you should expect there to be some goals in this game. If you okay. think that Brighton were bad and like Villa just beat a bad Brighton, like a, a Brighton team. You mean Palace? Really... No, I mean last week. Oh, okay. Like, like if you think that Villa beat up on, on a Brighton team that came out and weren't very good on the day. Okay. Then I think you, I, I think you probably don't think that there's a lot of goals in this game. Cause I, I don't know that Palace go out and just like, blitz villa and score a bunch of goals but i i do think that palace will have control of this game for the most part like i i do think that there's a good quality there to mostly have control even if it's not even if it's not amounting much in attack if that makes sense like i think they'll have a lot of possession and it not do a whole lot with it yeah that, that that's fair that is fair i do think this Two and a half is definitely a line I would take the over in this situation. Just because, like, if if you got it at two, maybe, like, it's better given um, the hedges you can get with that. But uh, two and a half still, I think, it looks like a very good line. Um, moving on to the next one, Liverpool at minus, two thir- uh, minus 345. Again, Southampton at plus 850. Draw at plus 500. Over-unders at three. Um, Will's going with Liverpool. I'm going to go with Liverpool as well. How are you looking at this game, sir? I, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about. Like Liverpool are, are just yeah. a better team. If you take Southampton here, you're taking it for you're, you're taking it for the plus 850 odds and, and hoping for a miracle to happen. Like that. That's really just all that you're doing. So uh, for me, it's Liverpool. Yeah, that pretty straightforward. Uh, moving on to the next one, Norwich against Wolves. Norwich on a roll right now with another win. Uh, they are at plus 245. Wolves are at plus 120 after their win against uh, high-flying West Ham. Draw at plus 235 over a two. This feels like a perfect spot where Wolves come in and uh, win. But do you think Norwich are kind of, you know, now becoming the sneaky team where you can kind of exploit Vegas. I mean, I've been bitten by this twice <laughs> in the past two weeks where I was just like, there's absolutely no way that the, that Norwich does anything against these teams. And then they just pull out and two nil wins. 
or to one, excuse me. Um, I'm, I'm not fully ready to get on the, get on that train yet. Like, so in both of those matches, like Brentford had 2.79 XG to Norwich's 1.16. Southampton had 1.13 XG to 0.44, which, okay. Like, I think that's well within range of like, could be a draw, could be like, could be any of the results, but I look at the Brentford one specifically, and it suggests that possibly, uh, uh, possibly Norwich got a little lucky in that one. So for me, I'm going to trust that that's the case. Wolves are plus favorites. I like plus favorites. Um, I'm going to go with Wolves in this. I do think they're just a better team. And I also think like they play compact enough that I don't know that Norwich will really be able to exploit them. Like I, I, I'm also very interested in the under in this game. Um, what is the under? Let me get, take a look at that again. Uh, at two, that's tricky. Um, I don't know. Like you could see a one nil in this game though, but for me, I'm going to take wolves. Fair. Uh, will is taking Norwich in this game. And I'm kind of conflicted. I'm going to go with a draw in this game, to be honest. I think um, there is enough momentum on both sides. But at the same time, I just think there is not enough quality to really come up with a winner. I think if I had to bet, I would take Wolves. but um, Or, you know, bet my life on it, I'll take Wolves. But uh, I think given the circumstances, I will bet my money on uh, just taking the draw. Uh, moving on to the next one, Brighton against Leeds. Brighton at plus one one zero against Leeds plus two sixty. Draw at plus two forty five. Over unders at two and a half. Brighton, is this like a game where Brighton just comes back and stops being shit again? Yeah, I kind of think it should be. Like, I, I do think that Brighton have kind of underperformed the last two matches and. Leeds have kind of uh, like I expected Leeds to be a little bit better than they were. I, well, I guess Leeds were very good in the first half against Spurs and the, just like didn't do anything in the second half. And and how much you attribute that to Spurs, how much you attribute to Leeds, I, you can kind of figure that out yourself. But I I don't know. Like part of me worries uh, about Brighton that like maybe they got off to a really blinding start and, and maybe this is kind of more who they are the past couple matches. And you kind of wonder if Leeds might be getting ready to, to make a little bit of a comeback. I, I don't know. Like it's a tough one for me. Um, I would like to know about whether Rafinha is going to play or not. Uh, not just for bets, but also for FPL. Um, but I'm going to go with a draw. Like something tells me that maybe not everything's quite right at bright or not even, you know, when you say it's not quite right, you imply like something with the manager or something like that. That, That's not really what I mean. What I mean is more like they're going through a temporary lack of form. And I think that maybe they'll recover from it, but I'm going to go with a draw for right now. Well, uh, I'm going to just disagree on the basis of the fact that Leeds are a shit team, in my opinion. Like, they are just not good this year. 
and like they, people talk about like individual brilliance like that team is literally individual brilliance fc as far as it's concerned because if zach harrison doesn't produce a moment of magic or um right rafinha when he's on the pitch is not producing a moment of magic they don't seem very inspiring this year so given how well drilled brighton are i am going to take brighton will also is going to take brighton so i d- I will take the over in this case as well. I think Brighton are just much more organized and especially a little bit wounded after what's happened. Like they had a big result against Liverpool and could not kick on to like get the next results after that. So I think they are raring to go at home. I I definitely see them get this win. Moving on to the next one, Brentford taking on Everton. Brentford at plus 135, Everton at plus 220. Draw at plus two twenty-five. Over/unders at two and a half. Um, I'm curious to see which way do you go because you had Brentford who started really well and have kind of like tapered off the last few weeks, and you have Everton who have, you know, had their three-week title challenge and kind of just like gone s- straight like Dogecoin style uh, plummet from the top. It's tricky, right? Because I, I don't want to ascribe too much to how the City game went because, I, I mean, I think very good teams really struggle against City at times. So I don't really want to hold that too much against Everton. But at the same time, like, you look at this Everton team and it's, you know, the last five matches you have two draws and three losses. And granted, there's some good teams in there. You've got... Uh, Man United, West Ham, Spurs, um, but you also have a 5-2 loss to Watford and a 2-1 loss to Wolves in there. And it's just difficult for me to see exactly what to make of this Everton team. Um, Brentford, I think, have gotten a little unlucky in some of their matches. I, I kind of referenced the Norwich match that they that they lost uh even though they you know more than double the expected goals um kind of a similar thing um although the lesser one's pretty close there i don't i don't know for sure like it's tough for me to say i'm gonna go with a draw in this game like i think these two teams will be pretty even and i think like brentford at home is just a tough out it's very easy for me to see brentford winning this game as well just based on the way that Everton has played recently. But for me, I'm going to go with a draw um, in this one. Damn, this is going to be uh, like a first-time three-way draw for us because we'll win with the draw, and I think this is going to be a draw as well. I just... Uh, when is Dominic Howard Lewin coming back? That's a really good question. I In my head, it was going to be around now, but I haven't heard anything about his comeback being Im- imminent. Because I just saw Lukaku on the bench today, and I was like, oh shit, like, Lukaku's come back, and I did not know how far away uh, Calvert-Lewin was. But a three-way draw, nonetheless. So but they're not ready. They're not even in training yet. Wow. Yeah, I see an update here from late October that said he was still four or five weeks away which would be around now, but like, I kind of wonder if Benitez is being, 
is holding his cards very, very close to the chest there, for lack of a better so, way of putting it. Yeah, so I, I got an update from four four days ago that says uh, that they're progressing well but are not ready yet. And they have not taken part in team training yet. So I think he's at least two. Like, once you return to team training, it's at least a couple weeks after that that you come back to, like, playing regularly. So... Um, we shall have to see how far, cause I, I think people don't realize this, like there is like a knock on effect of him not being there. Cause like when he is there, Richarlison is really good. When he's not there, Richarlison is asked to be the number nine and he's just trash. Like he cannot be a good number nine for a team like Everton. Like you need to be clinical to be able to do that. And for Cal- Calvert-Lewin for what it's worth is clinical. And would cost less than Harry Kane to Man City, if you're wondering. Um, anyway, moving on to the next one. Burnley taking on Spurs. Burnley at plus 260. Spurs have even odds. Draw at plus 260 as well. Over-unders at two and a half. Um, do you think uh, Spurs continue their tremendous form from the previous game? Or do you think, uh, you know, this, this is going to be a tough, tough game for them? Dude said tremendous form from one game. Um, I this is a tough one for me because I I do not think that Burnley are that good of a team, but they have also come out and they they seem like they've been uh, decent at times this season. And, and I know I joked about it just being like Cornet going out and doing his thing, but you know. Three goals against Palace, three goals against Brentford, uh, scoring against Chelsea, uh, a couple goals against Southampton. Like they're they're showing that they're actually are capable of putting the ball in the net. Maybe a little bit more than I gave them credit for. Um, granted, it's still all very low xG stuff, but you know that I, to me that's kind of how uh, Burnley play a lot. Like it's a lot of head, headers. It's a lot of. Um, uh, it, it seems to be that that they're going to score a lot of low XG uh, type goals, and, and that's fine. Um, but as far as this game goes, like I, I really think this is a good test for kind of what Spurs are going to be. And you know, Arsenal had a test against Burnley away, um, kind of after an uninspiring uh game against Norwich that th- that they won and I, I kind of wonder if that will be the same kind of thing for Spurs like this will be their chance to like go out there and battle and 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 get a result and kind of see it through it generally a pretty tough place to play so I'm gonna go with Spurs um I, I'm not I'm not convinced of it but I, I think that Spurs do have the quality and and if you believe in Conte like this has got to be a win in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm gonna go, or actually, Wolves gonna go with a draw in this scenario. I am thinking about it, and I'm going to go with uh, oh, sorry, Wolves gonna go with Spurs, and I am also gonna go with go with Spurs in this scenario. I really thought about the draw, and I just don't trust Cornet enough right now. I trust him enough for to be on my fantasy team. But um, in a game like this, like, but it's also, again, Spurs, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, Eric Dyer magically does not become a great player. 
by going from Nuno to Conte. Yeah, I, I agree. And the same with like Dallas and Sanchez and, and, and Skip. Okay. And like you go through the list of players like uh, they, there's some talent issues at Spurs, I think. And yeah, I mean, and, Burnley can and, sometimes and, and, expose those. Right, like Chris Wood just being like an old school. I'm gonna like post you up and like out muscle you. Like that is a thing yeah. that they can do. But I do kind of wonder if like Eric Dial Dyer will be more up for like a physical battle with a guy than like someone running past him. Yeah, but like for me, that goes like one of two ways. Where like either he's very good at doing that, or he is about to get sent off. That's like, fair. Like there is no in between of like, hey, that was a decent performance. Like he had X, Y, Z. So I, I think that'll be fascinating to see how that game progresses. Moving on, Leicester against Watford. Leicester after who kind of just started the whole, uh, you know, downward journey for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man, United, at Man United with a 4-2 win, taking on Watford who finished everything at 4-1. Leicester at minus 155. Watford are at plus. 400 over under is a three draw is okay not on our sheet here <laughs> the draw in this situation is at plus 320 so how are you going to go with that brain um so for me i i think it's pretty easy i'm if you Follow the thought that we have at times about like let down games and let down spots. Like I, I think this is kind of a little bit of a perfect storm for Watford. I, I think that they're going to really struggle in this game. I think that, you know, Lester have had a couple back to back, not great results and will be looking to set it right and really capitalize. And so I'm, I'm going to go with Lester. I'm not fully a believer in, Renieri turning like Lester around and, and getting them uh, to safety or or like mid table wherever you think Watford belongs. Um, I, I'm gonna go with Lester. I think they're uh, they've got the quality to see this one out. Although there are some warning signs I, I felt against City. Like I, to me, it felt like that team was a little all over the place at times, and I don't know. Like in the back of my mind, like there is a chance Watford gets something from this game. Yeah, that is very, very fair. Um, I am going to go with that and take the draw in this situation just because I think there's something special about Ranieri and King Power. Like, you know what? Like, he was there. He made magic happen. And I feel like he's going to get a warm welcome at the end of the day from the Leicester fans. So um, it it could be a decent environment for an, an upset alert. And I also think Leicester are just not good enough. Like, they might have beat us, but so did fucking Watford, and Watford beat us worse than them. So um, if we really are doing that kind of a comparison, because I think Leicester are not even through in their um, Champions, uh, not Champions League, Europa League group yet. So that, I think, could cause them some issues because they are third. They need they have a big game coming up on Thursday. So, like, I do think this is a game primed for some Watford magic and Claudio Ranieri magic. Moving on to the penultimate game, Manchester City 
after having taken on PSG, play West Ham United, Man City at minus 305, West Ham are at plus 775, draw is at plus 475, over-unders at three. Do you think Moyes and the boys have a chance in this situation? I, I think they have a chance. Like I do think that City are a team that, while they often come out and can kind of overwhelm teams, like I, I do think there are days that City... It's still lacking like that clinical finisher that just like puts teams away. And I, I do wonder if that could come back and bite them in this game. Like there's a, enough kind of, there's enough good players in midfield that are like grown ass men who could maybe uh, put city off just a little bit. So I can see West Ham getting something from this game, uh, but I'm not going to take them. Like I, I do think that city are just a better team maybe if they have a big win against PSG midweek, you know, everyone's excited about that. And then like takes their eyes off of this game a little bit, but I, I don't really see that happening. Um, even if, even if city like go out and they're like tired or something, like, does that really matter? They've got 11 other guys who cost 55 to 60 million a piece and, and they'll go out and get the job done. So, I'm going to go with City, but I, I will say, like, it would not shock me to see West Ham get something from this game. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to go with West Ham in this case as well as Will. Uh, also, Will is going to go with West Ham as well because I, I think West Ham are through in the Europa League group. They are done with the hard work that they had to do in Europe. Um, City still are have a big game against PSG in the midweek. And I think it opens the door just so slightly. And this is a game where I think draw is probably a more likely outcome um, if West Ham were going to take anything out of this game. But, I mean, th- there there are problems with the way Man City play. I And I think West Ham should be equipped enough to deal with them, given if... You know, Declan Rice is a hundred million defensive midfielder. So go show me that. Um, anyway, moving on to the next one: Chelsea against Manchester United. Chelsea at minus one seventy. Man United at plus four fifty. Draw at plus three ten. Over unders at two and a half. Brayden, what are your thoughts? Carrick's at the wheel. Man United and Chelsea both top of their Champions League groups moving forward. Very different fields, obviously to both of these campaigns. Chelsea, top of the table. Man United languishing in ninth. Where do you see this game go? It's a tough one because you almost kind of have to throw out what Man United have done the last, like, five or so matches in the league because I do think that the, like, the change of manager, I think, will affect the team in a way that will allow them to refocus and, and just play better overall football that said, like Chelsea are like Chelsea along with Liverpool are the odds on favorite for the league, in my opinion, and, and throw City in there as well. And is that gonna be enough, especially at Stanford Bridge? I, I'm not really sure. That said, like plus forty is a really juicy line for this, in my opinion. Like I I do think that the there's a gap between these two teams, but I'm not sure if it the gap is plus 450 of a gap. Um, so for me, you've got Bruno rested midweek. I, I think that the team will 
be keen to go out and make a difference. The one thing that might be pause on United is obviously McGuire is going to miss this match, which I I think ha- ask a lot of questions of the United defense. But you know, I haven't really seen that. I I'm still waiting. I think for Chelsea to come in and just like absolutely blow teams away. Like I I know they had a good result the past match, but I just it still feels to me like they have a little bit more of a struggle creating chances than some other teams do. And so I'm going to talk myself into taking Man United at plus 450. Like, I, I think that it's a decent enough of a bounce back chance. And when you combine that with the odds, I'm happy to make this as my, like, I'm going to take a chance on it. Uh, pick of the week. Uh, some might also call it a dumbass bet of the week. Um, but that. We'll see. Damn. Um, both Will and I are going to take Chelsea in this game. I think it's just a better team. Like, again, one of those situations where, yes, as much I'll, as much as I want to throw what they have done in the recent weeks out, it's the same coaching staff. Like, the only thing that's changed is, like, who is the main man making the decision and maybe a little bit of the team structure, but... Overall, it is still the same thing. So I'm going to go with uh, Chelsea. I think Chelsea probably beat us and uh, kind of then triggers the whole like United need to appoint the interim coach situation. So um, that is how I feel about that game. Uh, And that is it from Will as well. On that note, we are going to end with the picks part of this podcast. Join us in the second segment where we will have our parlays, both the team and the individual ones. So see you there. What is up, guys? Back with the second segment of this podcast. This is the fun part. This is where you can make as much money as you really want because you can parlay uh, if you live in a any state pretty much at this point. Um, if you want to gamble and parlay, this is where you come. This is where we give you what we think is going to happen. And Braden, kick us off with your team parlay, sir. I like how you use the uh, any state at this point, fully acknowledging that we both live in Georgia. Um, but that's yep. why we use Pavada. Um, don't listen to the state regulators. Um, uh, going into the team parlays, uh, for me, it's going to be um, Arsenal-Newcastle over three. I, I told you what I think about the Newcastle defense earlier, and I think Arsenal will be looking to right some wrongs from this past week. Uh, so I, I like this to, to have some goals in it. I've got West Ham at plus 1.5 on the spread. I know that I picked uh, City uh, in the money line, but I think that West Ham can potentially keep it close and if it's a one goal loss like i like the chances to get paid out for that and i've got uh brentford everton match going over two and a half goals uh i just think that that's a game that's gonna have goals i if you wanted a one-off bet i would even consider like the over three and a half and see what odds are going there but that that's a separate thing um for this parlay a hundred dollar pays out um 644 pod dollars and 66 pod cents uh, for a tidy little return on that all right uh i am gonna go with a very simple basic arsenal win liverpool win chelsea win three simple straightforward wins you 
easy double your money and i think that is as easy as it really gets to be honest with you i think um there isn't a whole lot of you know in my opinion um variants at least as far as the first two games go chelsea is probably the toughest bet and you're still getting a very good team against a very terrible man united team at plus 450 uh, at minus 170 so i will definitely take that um as far as the player parlays go i have another very simple one that makes a whole lot of sense if you think about it like realistically on how each of these teams play and how their opponents play but anything can happen but this seems straightforward i've got connor gallagher for a shot on target i've got ivan tony for shot on target i have trent alexander arnold for a shot on target and reese hames who is absolutely balling for a shot on target and it's all everybody just one shot hundred dollars pays out 1722 almost there freddie wap almost there um so that is my bet Braden, what are your thoughts? I think that's definitely achie- achievable uh, in a specific week. Like I, I think you probably need a little bit of luck. Like you probably need uh, a couple free kicks for Liverpool, which I think are possible. Um, maybe the same for Chelsea. Although I think Reese is a little more involved in open play, and and I expect Gallagher to certainly have a shot on goal there. So I, I, I think it's pretty solid all the way around. So for me, I went with Aubameyang getting on the score sheet um, at minus 125. Cornet with one or more shot on target at minus 143. And Danny Ings with two or more shots on goal at plus 300. Uh, put all this together in a parlay. You get 100 pod bucks, pays out 1,224 pod bucks, and you're living easy. Um I'm worried about the Danny Ings ones on that. I think that will be the tricky one to get. Uh, obviously, anything can happen in the Arsenal Newcastle as far as goal variance, but I like Aubameyang's chances uh, in that one. So we shall see how that plays out. Yep, that is it from us, guys. We will be back next week with some more content. Might be on a different schedule just because it's multiple game weeks. Man United Arsenal coming up as well. Should be a fun times. Here is when the season kicks off. Here is when we are about to have a good time. So we shall see you guys next week with our bets, with our reviews. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.